another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Bub Law, and I am joined by neither of our co-hosts. Uh, both Catherine and Chris are gone, but I'm joined, thankfully, by our prior co-host. So Ellie Mistal from The Nation has come, the prodigal son has returned to the podcast. The prodigal son? Uh? I was thinking you were going to go with co-host Emeritus. Emeritus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do that. Well, yeah, so... What's up, Joe? This is not much, you know? Uh, the courts have been quiet. Uh, there's been no significant news. Yeah, it's it's been a little crazy. Uh, so longtime listeners of the show know this. Uh, before we had Small Talk, which everybody knows Small Talk, but uh, before we had Small Talk to begin, we had the grinding of gears, and, so, and that sounded something like this, kinda. Anyway, so uh, Ellie would grind his gears. So we're going to have a gear grinding at the beginning here, as opposed to usual small talk. So, uh, yeah. So uh, just my if we were going to do small talk, I was just going to point out to 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 our listeners that I've been to Chicago twice in the past week, and I haven't been shot. So by the Republican transitive property, because I didn't personally experience it, Chicago turns out to be the safest city. Um, in America, so I just want to throw that out there. But no, the, there you the, go. the thing that I'm angry about today, Joe, is, mm -hmm. as usual, the dumbassery coming out of the Republican Party after every single um, act of, of violence, of gun violence we have in this country. So after the, the, the Uvalde shooting, Republicans have been on their crap again about hardening schools and arming teachers. And I just... Every time I hear it, I just I just don't know that people have fully thought through how stupid that would be. Like we all know, like yeah. generally people get like it's it's crazy like that. Teachers have lots of jobs. They're not trained with the weapons. Like people generally get that. But like with specificity, arming teachers is one of the dumbest ideas I've ever heard. Because, you know, here, here's the other group of people that we arm in this country at the behest of the state and we ask to protect us. The police. Do you know what the police do when they see unarmed black teens? They shoot uh, us. Or them. Yeah. I say us as, left, as if my knees still worked. Um, they shoot them. <laughs> okay? Um, yeah. That, I, I, th there is every in, there is every possibility that if we arm all of our hundreds of thousands of teachers in this country, some of them who already overpunish black youth would get scared, would get trigger happy, would be in a bang bang situation and bang the hell out of an unarmed black teen. So that's number one. Number two, hardening schools. We just went through a two year pandemic where the thing we needed to do. To make, to make schooling safe for our children during the pandemic was ventilation. And we couldn't get that done. So now the same people that couldn't figure out how to pay for HVAC are now, are now gonna harden schools to the point where they're like an airport? Like, are, are these people insane? We don't have the funding to do that. I mean, you, you mentioned airports because that, that actually was one of my favorite ones from yesterday. I saw a contributor to the National Review put out that, you know, we need a single entry like an airport. And I thought, I, I think there's lots of doors to airports. Right? I, I feel as though those, that, that's one of the places I can confidently say has a lot of doors. One, there's not, like, what, what are these people smoking? 
I I brought up Joe on on, on Twitter the fact that you know I, as I said I'm very old so I remember the movie Lean on Me with Morgan Freeman uh-huh. playing Principal Joe Clark right he got mm-hmm. in trouble for trying to make his school a single entry place so that the kids wouldn't let drug dealers into his hallways he got in trouble with the fire commissioner because when you have a single entry point it's a fire hazard and you know what as much as i and you and rational people hate school shootings you know what's way more common than gunmen coming into our school fire i mean yeah depending on what the chemistry department is like yeah uh <laughs> that's what they'll do next though joe right like first first they'll harden schools then we'll get kids dying in fires then they'll outlaw chemistry yeah i mean hey i would have helped my grade point average not really God, do you need chemistry that's what they'll say yeah that's true anyway yeah yeah no so an excellent gear grinding and i think we'll come back to this subject a little bit uh in a bit because it uh is relevant There's also to other stuff it. Yeah, there's also law to discuss. Uh, let's start by talking about what happened last week, as you know, when you hear this last week. Uh, so last week, uh, the Supreme Court issued a ruling in a case called Shin. Uh, how was how that how that go? Yeah, that was bad. I think uh, Sotomayor said that, that Clarence Thomas's six three ruling in that case was illogical and perverse. Like, literally, she said, I respectfully dissent. I promise y'all she didn't mean it. Like, I'm, yeah, I, like it's it's going to go in the annals of Sotomayor's greatest dissents, the way that she gave Clarence Thomas a full read. I, I, I always wonder when the when the respectfully is going to disappear, because uh, I, I feel like that's a barometer that, uh, that that is coming where somebody just like says, I dissent. Yeah, and not in the briar like dude i just forgot to put the rest like in a real just like nah it's yeah. y'all um joe what, one of the things i loved about sotomayor's dissent though is that that from a from a thinking like a lawyer perspective she called out something that lawyers notice and i don't know that lay people always do right um she called out the fact that clarence thomas whenever he writes one of these pro-death cases and clarence thomas has gotten to write a lot over his career he clarence thomas goes out of his way to recap in lurid detail the ins and outs of the murder that was committed and the and the crime that the the, the defendant or convict allegedly uh, or, or con- was convicted of, of of committing right right he goes out of his way to just like 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 he's a like he's a true crime reporter like like he's titillated by the blood and gore and Sotomayor and he's one of the only people that that does it Roberts actually has this problem too but Sotomayor directly called him out in his dissent pointing out that the the luridness of the crime does not take away a person's constitutional rights so why are you doing it right and it's a great question and in this case it's particularly troubling because of the two it was a consolidation of two cases of the two one of them the, the facts that Clarence Thomas recount are apparently untrue. Uh, what we learned in that case was that it didn't happen. This person did not kill this person, uh, kill the victim. Uh, we learned that when the the appeals court had a evidentiary hearing and saw the actual scientific evidence and said, oh, yeah, no, this didn't happen. Uh, so Thomas repeats as though it happened details that we know for a fact aren't true, which is what prompted one of the more disturbing comments at oral argument when the lawyer 
the lawyer arguing for the state, argued that innocence isn't enough. Uh, just because this person's actually innocent has no bear. We don't think that has any real bearing on whether or not we can, you know, take him off death row and kill him. Uh, which, like yeah. the, the 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 that's the other thing that I feel sometimes gets lost. Like the the end result, it's a train here, and the and the final destination is death. The, yeah. the, these are not theoretical concerns. These are not you know. This is not paper law. This is like this. This is Clarence Thomas basically in a footnote decided that it was okay for him to kill a man, kill two people, one of whom may actually be innocent. That's yeah. homicide, folks. That is yeah. that is homicide by footnote. And the thought that like that's just that's just what these people do. And again, we have Sotomayor right there saying sitting there saying like this is not what we have to do. This is what y'all are choosing to do. Yeah. The the Thomas called it an affront to the state if you were to suggest that their verdict was incorrect, which, A, that's what appeals do. But B, uh, in this instance, it's, it's science. So as a technical matter, what happened here is that both of these uh, convicted folks uh, on death row both had ineffective counsel at trial. And their argument is that because their lawyers were terrible, that's why they're there. That's Put that in one box. Next, the way the state has its system set up, they aren't allowed to make that argument on the direct appeal. They can only make that argument post-conviction, where you get a new lawyer to make some post-conviction arguments. At that point, they also got bad lawyers who didn't read the file, didn't even understand what was going on, and didn't make those arguments. So they had an ineffective post-conviction counsel who then didn't make the ineffective trial counsel argument. Uh, Thomas's position here is that if you have two bad lawyers, that's too bad. It's a two strikes rule. Uh, if, you, if you have, he's saying it's fine for you to bring this argument that it was ineffective trial counsel, but when your second ineffective counsel didn't do that, game over. Uh, and no amount of later habeas petition saying, oh, you know, let's hear the evidence. Oh, wow, it appears as though you had bad lawyers who didn't make these arguments and you are in fact really innocent. He says that you can't do that because you had you had two chances and that's all. Yep. And it's again, it's as Sotomayor put it, it's a perverse decision that you can yeah. be sitting on death row, have evidence to exculpate you, you, you know, exculpate you from the crime that you were convicted of. And you're not allowed to bring that evidence because Thomas is just too busy to hear it now. Like you've because yeah. because, well, we're, we're, we haven't killed you yet, but we're gonna. And, and there, there's he, he writes about the presumption of finality. And I've written about this before as well, because I think it's one of the it's one of the hidden reasons our legal system is terrible. Thomas is not wrong that there is a heavy presumption of finality in the legal process. When you get to the when you finally get the jury verdict, you know, guilty or innocent, um, there's a presumption that verdict needs to be final. Why? Yeah. Why? Like what? Like what is the what is the upside of the presumption of finality? Now, lo, the the legal scholars will tell you that it's because the courts would be overwhelmed with people trying to argue, you know, their rights if we didn't have this presumption of finality. But how is how do you put you like put the equities on the table? How do you have? A presumption of finality that you're so concerned about because you don't want the legal system to be overwhelmed with continuing appeals and litigation versus killing people. 
from my perspective, if you, you you can you can pick, right? You can have a presumption of finality in a system that doesn't give people the final ultimate punishment of death. Or if you're going to have a system that kills people, then that person should have every opportunity to prove or argue their innocence right up until you take their life from them. And that is a that is a good choice. But I, I thought Soto and Mayor did a great job of explaining we don't even need to get to that forced choice. She's like, it is absurd to argue that this is some something that's going to come up constantly. The idea that you're going to have two straight ineffective counsel is so remote. She was just like, this isn't going to become a big deal. I don't understand why we can't afford this guy the opportunity. And in the other person's case, uh, they probably did, in fact, do it. They aren't challenging that they didn't. I, I explained the facts of the one. The other one was an argument about mental, uh, whether or not he was had, had the mental capacity to actually have committed murder. And so that was the argument that person wanted to make. But which again, see, it's it, again. How bad is your are your lawyers if your mental capacity never comes up, both at I mean, trial it, and post conviction? Like how, like how? Who does that? It's a it's a it bad is, lawyer. And you know, I don't want to. Yeah. You know, notice Joe. Neither of us, I don't think, have have really crapped on the lawyers too hard. We understand these these lawyers are 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 underfunded, overworked. You know, post conviction especially. That's that is a tough job. Right. And so I, I don't I, from a professional standpoint, I'm not what's the word I'm looking for. I understand how people can get it wrong. Right. Yeah. It's a it is a very difficult job that you don't have a lot of resources to do. I understand how people get it wrong. How is it that Clarence Thomas can't understand that? Right. Like if you like yeah. if you don't have empathy for the for the people on death row, how does Clarence Thomas not have empathy for the professional lawyers who are trying their best but sometimes get it wrong? You know, I would imagine, and I, I don't know the, the the lawyers involved, but I would imagine that especially for the one who's innocent, that those lawyers feel awful. Yeah, that those lawyers feel real bad that they missed. They potentially, their failure potentially literally got an innocent man put on death row. Why, why would you consign them to that on their conscience for the rest of their lives because Clarence Thomas is sick of hearing the appeal? Like, how, like how, is that, how is that a thing that humans do? It's, it was really a, a horrifyingly bad decision. That ringtone means there's a phone call, but we uh, aren't able to answer it right now, which is why it's great to have virtual receptionists. So let's hear from Posh. As a lawyer, ever wish you could be in two places at once? You could take a call when you're in court, capture a lead during a meeting. That's where Posh comes in. We're live virtual receptionists who answer and transfer your calls so you never miss an opportunity. And the Posh app lets you control when your receptionist steps in. So if you can't answer, Posh can. And if you've got it, Posh is just a tap away. With Posh, you can save as much as 40% off your current service provider's rates. Start your free trial today at Posh.com. Okay, so back. Uh, the other big Supreme Court story of sorts is one about uh, something they haven't done yet, which is given the tragic events in Texas, there's understandable interest in what the Supreme Court is about to do in a case that was argued back in November, uh, where they seem poised to say that states are unable to pass 
basically any laws at all against guns. So just for just for listeners, just so you understand why Above the Law is so awesome, why I still read Above the Law and do podcasts when I'm asked, um, even though I haven't worked there um, since before the pandemic. It's because I know that I can click on Above the Law and see emblazoned on the front page the demand for the leaker who leaked the Dobbs opinion to leak the Bru- the Bruin opinion right now when it would do the most political harm to the Supreme Court. Yeah. Just bravo yeah. on that call out. Bravo Thanks. on that post. Well, I wanted to talk about that because people I, I dealt with a lot of flack from really stupid people about that. Uh, it, 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 but like, look, it, they were all like, I how how dare you ask for a leak? And I'm like, I'm a journalist. That's kind of the job from like the XYZ <laughs> affair to the Pentagon Papers. This is kind of what we do. So I don't have to care at all uh, about what you know, what the, the, the sanctity of the institution. These aren't national security secrets. And that's the part that really gets me with the leak of Dobbs, which I also don't think was a big deal. Uh, I also am pretty confident Ginny did it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that but that. There's at least an argument that that was a February draft and it was in the deliberative stages and you were showing what the what the flux of the court was before it had settled. That's why I think it was Ginny, because I think the leak was to lock in other conservative justices who are starting to waver to make it look like they caved to pressure if they don't sign on to that. Anyway, side note. So there's at least an argument that that leak might be bad in this case. This case is done. This was in November. It's done. They probably were going to release it on Tuesday anyway. Uh, now they won't. But they have it. Uh, it's, it's finished. And it's going to be published anyway. There's no harm in showing it now. The only issue is the court doesn't want to come out. And I may be wrong. They may, they may be bold and do this anyway, but they don't want to come out and say there's no such thing as gun laws after a school shooting. They want to wait until the inevitable we forget about it moment, and that's when they'll drop it. Yep, that's, that's, the, that's, that's 100% what's happening. It's going to be a – look, I have not seen the opinion. I am not the leaker. I do not know the leaker. We are not friends. But my, my opinion, my guess, my prediction is that it's going to be – sorry, it's the case we're talking about. Sorry, just uh, – I forgot yeah. that – um, listen that part of this. So, yeah. so the case we're talking about is New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin. This is the case involving New York State's gun permit permitting laws and whether or not the state authorities can ask a person to show cause for getting a gun permit. What will happen is that is one of I think two or three things. One, the Supreme Court could say, no, there's no reason to show cause to get a gun permit. You simply ask for one and you get one. That would be the best solution given this court, actually, with them just to say, like, you still have to get a gun permit. There's just no reason that anybody can deny you a gun permit. Another way of going, though, the more extreme way would be to say that there's no such thing as a gun permit anyway. And that just just to completely eviscerate New York State's ability to ask for permitting, for ask for licensing and basically turn New York State into Texas. Right. So one of those two things are going to happen. It's going to be six, three when it happens. Now I'm going into the predictive phase. It's going to be a six, three case with the six conservatives holding together to do one of those two things I just said. And I'll give you another one. It's going to be written by Clarence Thomas. And he's going to use the argument made by the Brooklyn public defenders that gun permitting laws are racist, which is not true. 
the enforcement of gun permitting laws is right. completely racist. The, the the public defenders were absolutely right about that. But the idea that you should have a permit or not is not inherently racist. It's just applied racistly. But Thomas right. is going to take the argument and run with it and make this ridiculous proto-Malcolm X argument, he's going to think, that the only way that we can, that, that black people need to be, black people need to be able to defend themselves just like white people, and so everybody has to have, like, that's going to be Clarence Thomas's argument, and it's going to be 6-3, and it's going to happen, Joe, as you said, it was going to happen Tuesday. It, Tuesday or the next week. It was really going to be soon. First decision yeah. day in June, it was going to happen. Now, because of the school shooting, they're going to try to probably push it towards the end of June, knowing full well that they still have to get Dobbs out by the end of June. Remember, the whole point of Dobbs was that the reason why the leak is a deal is because what they wanted to do was drop Dobbs and then get out of town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't want to be around for the fallout from Dobbs. So that the leak kind of screwed up that timing, but they still have to get Dobbs out. And then now they have to now they have to do this. The, the case is done. And the only reason why they're holding it is to not be so obviously liberalizing gun laws on the backs of a school shooting. They don't want to look worse than country music singers, right? Because right now, Joe, country music stars are pulling out of the NRA convention. Yeah. But the Supreme Court is going to have the NRA's back either Tuesday or next or the Monday after that or the Monday after that. It, that is definitely what's going to happen. I do think uh, I, I, I haven't been. I'm a bad counter. I, I and by that I mean there are these people who count how many opinions from each sitting come from each judge because they evenly distribute them. So I can't say it'll be Clarence because I haven't been paying attention to the November whether he's due to write one. But I do think that's very likely uh, because he's he locked into that argument apparently, and from all I've heard, and yeah, it's the exact kind of quasi disingenuous argument that that he loves. Yeah. Well, and remember, they've also got to, like, get rid of affirmative action before the end of this term, too. Right. Don't we? <laughs> We're kind of living in the, in the worst, worst possible world. And that's Clarence Thomas's world. Right. Like the yeah. like people don't always understand this. Clarence Thomas has been on the court for 30 years and he has almost no significant opinions to his name. All right. Like he's written yeah. a lot of majority opinions, but the majority opinions in like eight O cases where you can't give Clarence Thomas a majority five four opinion. Because he's too extreme. He right. can't hold together a conservative majority for most of his career. But now we're at a point where the, where the court has lurched so far to the right that now this crazy extremist who for 29 years couldn't get a majority opinion out, now he's going to get some majority opinions, right? He had the majority opinion in the Shin case that we already talked about, which again, Sotomayor, perverse, illogical, and it makes no sense, but they gave yeah. him that one. I think they're going to give him the gun one. We know they're going to give him affirmative action uh, uh, yeah. uh, ne uh, next year. Um, oh, yeah, that's next. Yeah, it, it's bad. Yo, it's really <laughs> like we're, we're, we're in a bad way right now. When Clarence yeah, it, Thomas is your is your uh, uh, wins above replacement level uh, justice, like <laughs> things are bad. Well, it is. Uh, on that note, uh, you, you just said wins above replacement level. I, I would be remiss not to say congratulations. Your Mets appear to be doing all right. Woo, a little bit, a little bit uh, wor uh, worrisome in San Francisco. Look, the, I saw right. something on Twitter last night, just like 
there is a worry that the bottom is going to drop out, right? Like, we've been doing this without our best pitcher, DeGrom. Now it looks like Scherzer's, like, nicked up. Like, the, as a Met fan, you kind of, you feel. You know like, this is happening. Yeah. Right? Fair enough. But for now, yeah, no, Yeah, so it's it's been a rough, it's been a rough go court-wise. I assume it's going to get even rougher. Uh, but, you know, the, we'll be here. So uh, I guess this is a good time to transition to just plugs basically so uh when that happens obviously listen uh, obviously read above the law but also check out the nation where ellie is writing uh ellie's also on tv all the time so you can find him there too what else is uh he has a best-selling book if you haven't already read uh allow me to retort you should get that and read it for a while there were some delays but i think that's all been sorted i it seems like all been sorted oh, no. the book is available right. everywhere fine books or arguments are sold <laughs> Yeah, and I did the because I was taking a plane that day uh, that it came out. So I actually did the audio book. Uh, so that's also available through Audible and Ellie reads it. So you can hear the dulcet tones of Ellie as he goes through it and mispronounces organ at some point, uh, <laughs> which did happen. So, yeah, so check out all of that. Uh, is there anything else coming up with you? Do you, you like doing your own? Oh, you're doing a thing with. Leah Lippman or something, right? Yeah, I got an ACS yeah. uh, book talk coming out with Leah with Leah Lippman um, uh, about my book and just about you know the the post Dobbs world. I mean, look the 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 sad reality is is that we are we are staring down the barrel at the revocation um, of abortion rights, um, and for the first time in fifty years, we're going to reduce women to back to second class uh, status. And there's going to be a lot of talk about that. There's going to be a lot of kind of zeitgeist around that. But the conservatives are going to do that because they can. Yeah. And 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 yeah. we're, we're, and that that is the, that is the stark reality of the world we're living in right now. That that's all that's going on with Ellie. Uh, I'll begin the uh, real post close. Uh, closing uh thoughts here which is thank uh thanks for everybody for listening you should be subscribed to the show so you get new episodes when they come out you should do reviews write something give some stars that all helps the algorithm that guides our lives promote this show so that more people listen to it uh you should be checking out Catherine's show the jabot you should you can also catch me on legal tech week journalist roundtable i'm also going to be a guest uh in the near future on a podcast called hard to believe so i'll let you know more about that when that comes out you should uh be listening to the other shows on the legal talk network follow us on social media i'm at joseph patrice he's at lenyc the other two aren't here, so I'm not even going to bother with them. But follow them too, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, you should read Above the Law so you get these and more stories before they even happen. Uh, well, well, they happen, but before they happen on this show. Uh, you should be, what else? Uh, I think that's everything. Thanks to Posh for sponsoring. And that is it. Peace. Quick programming note. It turns out we are not probably going to be able to get another episode next week so if you don't hear from us next week don't worry it doesn't mean we've disappeared just the same travel issues that are you know that required us to have a special guest this week uh are probably going to mean that none of us can get anything together for the next week but we will be back the week after that in any event uh but we'll we'll see if we can get something for you but if we don't don't worry all right that's all now we're done with the show